Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning. The NBA started it, and all other leagues have followed. I know it's something J. Will is hot on. We'll talk about it. Good morning. Keyshawn, J. Will, Zubin here on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Good morning to you. Good morning, Zubin. Two hours into the show. ESPN News. And we mentioned (laughs) baseball was affected by what happened. Jeff Passan will be here at 8, 10 a.m. Eastern time on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Will it affect the NFL? Marcus Spears, who shares a set with Key on NFL Live, will join us at 8.30 a.m. Eastern. And maybe a day late and a dollar short, but still better late than never. The National Hockey League called off games yesterday, and they will not have any games today. Matthew Dumba of the Minnesota Wild and the head of the Hockey Diversity Alliance will join us at 8.45. So if you can hang with us here for an hour, I know it's a big commitment. you got a million things going on. It's Friday. The weekend is here. No, they're all right. They're going to hang with us. <laughs> they ain't going nowhere. Pull into the parking garage or whatever and sit tight. If you need to run upstairs to the television, turn it on TV, we're here. We're on ESPN News, and we'll talk about the trickle-down or trickle-up effect that the NBA has had on the NHL, Major League Baseball, and the NFL here all in the next 45 minutes. But, Jay, the NBA is back it's great news for people like yourself who love the league, but it's everything else you saw last night that was really great in your mind. It was watching the Mets and the Marlins have that stance. Um, it was hearing about the WNBA and their players uh, cutting seven holes in the backs of their jerseys. It was seeing Ryan Tannehill and the Titans stand strong and make comments. It was reading strong comments from the Baltimore Ravens. It was hearing Saquon Barkley, and look, even though the NHL was slightly late to the game, I'd rather you come to the party late than never be there at all. And and them canceling games, postponing games, and having players speak out on it, it felt as if we were one united team. And in a day that is full of divisiveness and being fragmented, uh, you felt like we were acting as one unit. And yes, fans are part of the overall experience, but it almost felt in a way key that athletes were leading in how we should think about how we need to be as a country, being united and standing for what's right. You know, it, it's funny because that's always the case in sports. No matter what we've gone through in society, we always turn to sports for whatever little bit of healing that we're looking for. And I think that in in looking at all the different leagues and different players, you know, uh, voicing their frustrations and their opinions on things, getting together – in, in knowing that, hey, at the end of the day, we're going to be okay because we're all together as one is major. I want to mention this. Baseball insider Jeff Passon is going to be here in about seven minutes or so. But this is Jackie Robinson, Dane. I want to just take a minute to talk about this because I'm sitting here with two African-American athletes that in many ways the doors were opened by Jackie Robinson. Uh, it's normally on April 15th. We weren't playing baseball on that date. So it's August 28th. Today is August 28th. August 28th, 1945, the Dodgers president and general manager Branch Rickey essentially says, we are making you the face of this organization and integration. Get ready for a whole lot of bad, but realize this is going to be a whole lot of good at the end. August 28th, 1963, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I have a dream speech on this day in 1963. There among the 250,000 people, Jackie Robinson And Key, this amazing exchange, you're an L.A. guy. Jackie said this very famously to Branch Rickey, quote, Mr. Rickey, do you want a ball player who's afraid to fight back? Branch Rickey to Jackie Robinson, I want a player who has enough to not 
fight back. Jackie Robinson retired after the 1956 season, and this may seem impossible to believe because here we are moving toward November 3rd, an election in this country. In 1960, in America, as a black man, Mm -hmm. the two presidential candidates were Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy. And both, in 1960, were dying to get the endorsement of Jackie Robinson. How about that? Well, I mean, they knew the importance of... You know, Jackie Robinson and and what he would stand for and what he meant. But at that time in America, to be a black man. Yeah, it was obviously tough. I mean, right there in the civil rights movement. Very tough. It was was still tough to this day, but. But we have have gotten a lot better from where we were then to where we are today. We still have room for improvement, but I I also don't want to be remiss about we have made incredible advancements. It's not enough. Of course we have, but for every step we take forward, it seems like we take eight back. As we move forward, we get something happens, we take eight steps back. I mean, we have come a long ways, there's no question about it. And we got a a long ways to go to get to wherever it is that we're trying to get to. And I think when you look at the 60s and and watching the the Jackie Robinson movie. um, 42. 42. I learned a lot about him just Mm. through through the movie. Now, me personally, you know, I don't know that I could withstand some of that type of behavior that was being displayed by people back then. And I get it. Mm-hmm. You you know, you had to fight a different type of way. I just, I always say to myself, I said, man, I I don't know if I would have survived. Can, can, I, can I bring up two things ahead, real please, quick? Please, um, I was having a conversation with my, my cousin last night, Jared, and, um, you know, we we're all connected to David Tyree, who was on the Giants staff, and he played football in high school. And, you know, we had these deep conversations because he's African-American as well. And, he was saying how much he really appreciates athletes have changed the narrative of being self-serving many corporations that care nothing about, you know, anything else other than their brand or their things in their bubble. Right. That's been like one of the archaic things that people have said about athletes. Look, they only care about themselves. And it's taken so long to get over that hump and watching what we're seeing athletes speaking out for the millions of people who are voiceless. It, it, it allowed us key to go down this rabbit hole. I'm curious to get your opinion about this. Um, there's this thing kind of almost as black guilt that I felt as an athlete black in a way. Black guilt? Yeah. Um, yeah, I had to turn my head, yeah, too. No, that's what, as we, as I, I want to ask you. I want to ask you a real question about it. <laughs> no, I know, but when you said black guilt, I'm like, I don't know about that one, but go no, ahead. No, let me, let me explain. Yeah. So being an athlete, in a way, right, earning and doing it, like, in, in order to be an athlete, sometimes you have to be so myopic, mm-hmm. so focused. Like, that. it's, it's kind of... Extremely focused. It, it's... That's it's, it's kind of put into you, right? Yes. That's the way that you accomplish your goals. You become very targeted. Sure. And when I when I talk to people, it's very hard sometimes as you as you climb this ladder, for people not to just do what they go back to doing, right? Like you're in the midst of all this chaos, and I've had so many conversations with with a lot of African Americans about this. About it. it's hard for some people to speak out because they don't want to hinder what it is that they're accomplishing, right? Dif- different. I don't know. Do if you know where I'm going? But different levels of athletes do it differently depending on where you're at in your career. Exactly, right? So now like, I just want to explain how difficult it is and how challenging it is for a lot of these guys to utilize their platform, mm-hmm. right, to speak out on a lot of these injustices because people throw so much at them that I just wanted to say thank you to all these guys who are utilizing their platform 
because I know how challenging it is with the amount of things and hate that people throw your way. People, you know, threatening you, people throwing slander at you, people personally using things against you from family members. Think about Jackie Robinson, prime example of that. So to constantly combat that anger and frustration, especially in a world that's so emboldened, right? Knowing that athletes already kind of face that guilt, like, do I do enough for my community? You know, Michael Jordan, right? I'm giving back millions of dollars. I'm in my community, but you know, I'm not getting the love from people because I'm not showcasing that. Now to see people step out of that comfort zone to speak up for what's right, I just want to say thank well, you. Does well, that make sense? No, it, it, it does. It, 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 it does. Um, it's a different time that we obviously live in right now. And so things have evolved and have changed over time about athletes stepping out, whether it's through social media or certain platforms that they've created on their own that they feel more comfortable in their skin in terms of doing this. And I was on a panel, oh, God, this might have been 1998Z. You're very quick with the computer. But it was it was myself. Mm-hmm. It was President Clinton's ESPN initiative mm-hmm. of, of race and sports. And I think this was 98, oh, I want to yeah. say, 97, 98. It was myself, Joe Morgan, Jackie Joyner-Kersey, uh, Jim Brown, Three great African-American athletes in their discipline, baseball, track, and then obviously for Jim Brown, football and lacrosse. And, and so we were up there in Houston, Texas, this huge panel, the whole deal, and we were talking about race and sports and, and different things in communities and why athletes uh, don't do certain things in communities. And, and this is kind of to expand on what you're saying, Jay. What, what I've always believed in is – when you hire the right people that understand your community, when you come out of college or come out of high school, things of that nature, their focus is also to help you give back to your community. They don't tell you to shy away. They embrace it by bringing you there because they understand it. And for a lot of athletes, they tend to not hire African-Americans that look like the, you, that look like them, understand them, understand the communities. So a lot of times that gets lost. It really truly does. Because the big giant firms, they don't have people in the room. They just don't. And if you don't have that person that looks like you, Z, in mm-hmm. that room, they don't understand that community. They don't Agreed. understand. So they don't know how to tell you to have a educational basketball program with a tutoring center and they don't know how to tell you to do certain things to enhance your community. And that's facts. And that is very true. I want to mention this too. One last thing on Jackie Robinson that doesn't get a lot of discussion, but it's very relevant today to both of you. Um, We have to go into the Wayback machine. So 25 years after he broke baseball's color barrier, it was the 1972 world series between the Oakland A's and the Cincinnati Reds. The A's won it in seven games. During game two of the 1972 World Series, Jackie Robinson threw out the first pitch at the game. And he was able to speak to the crowd of more than 50,000 people. And he said, you know what I would love to see soon? A black manager. We haven't had a black manager. We need a black manager. This was 1972. He actually died nine days later of a heart attack. And in 1975, he wasn't around to see it, the great Frank Robinson became the first black manager in baseball. The reason I say that, that was 1975. It's 2020. There are two black managers in baseball. And Dusty so it, Baker. This, this fits exactly my and point. And Dave Roberts. Exactly my point. So That's it. as you ascend, 
right? When you start hearing all these things that you would naturally speak out with all the time, you would speak to your friends about, but you're worried because there aren't people that look like you in positions of power. Absolutely. Right? So you have these conversations with yourself as you continue to climb. Is it okay for me to say things and speak out for millions of other people? I feel that way, but that also can deter the trajectory of which I'm on, which then affects my family. So a lot of people become silent about stuff like that. That's what I'm saying. What yeah, we're seeing. You, but, oh, wait, hold on a minute. That's what I'm saying. What we're seeing right now is so monumental mm-hmm. because people are saying, I'm willing to sacrifice that trajectory that I'm on for the greater good of all the people that look like me. But you also, again, we've evolved. There's more people in sports and entertainment industry at the higher levels that look like us now to be able to give that influence to younger athletes than it was way back when. I agree. I'm, I'm just so saying that's that. So that's one of the reasons you see a LeBron James elevate at another level because he has people around him that's not going to just look after the dollar for themselves, but they're going to also look for the right causes within our community. Which goes back to if LeBron James never has Michael Jordan to blaze that path, just like Michael Jordan having people to blaze the path before him, you never feel emboldened to take that step out into the atmosphere to say things and to do things the way these athletes are doing. I was just just trying to recognize. No, you got It's cool. Just, I just recognize. You know I, what I mean? Recognize. I, I, I know, get it. The process and and where that but if can you take think, you. But if if you just think about it, and, and I don't mean to make this about a LeBron or a clutch management or any of that sort of stuff or Maverick or or uh, Rich, Paul, Rich Paul. But if you think about it, these are three individuals, four individuals that educated themselves in the sports and entertainment industry and basically have changed the game, okay? Exactly. When, when the Anthony Davises of the world has aligned themselves with that or LeBron James or whomever that happens to look like them when traditionally they were not going over there 15 years ago because it just wasn't a place that they felt comfortable with because they was being told that, Oh, you, you, you know, you don't want to go there because we could do it better than them. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. anymore. It's just not the case. And it's incumbent upon those guys to open the doors for others, others. because they have made it. That's I very was just saying it brings me it brings me to a really emotional place because sure. it's such an empowerment. It's such an amazing thing to watch. It can be a life changing moment. <sighs> it can be a life changing moment. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District to Pier 17 brought to you by Chase. That conversation was sparked by discussions on Jackie Robinson. Today it is, is his day. Normally, like I mentioned, April 15th, but 2020 has been crazy and we didn't play baseball on April 15th. We are on August 28th, so we'll celebrate Jackie's life today. And for a little more perspective, we welcome in Jeff Passon. He joins us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Jeff, I know obviously it was a switch. We go from April to August to honor one of the most seminal people that's ever stepped on a diamond. What does Major League Baseball have planned for today, knowing obviously the entire situation with the coronavirus and games being delayed and postponed? What are they doing to honor this guy? Oh, there's going to be a lot of the same stuff that they've had in years past. Players wearing the number 42 and, and other on-field things. There's going to be a video that's coming out uh, that honors Jackie Robinson through the eyes of not just modern black players, but black players like 
Kurt Flood from the past who have had enormous impacts on the sport. And it's interesting, you, you do not see someone like Kurt Flood mentioned nearly as much as he deserves in baseball history. The, the reason free agency exists, guys, mm -hmm. not in baseball, but in baseball, in basketball, in football, in hockey, in every American sport, is because someone like Kurt Flood fought for it and was willing to go to court and say, I am not as I believe the title of his book was, A Well-Paid Slave. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the fight that he had is, is the fight that Jackie Robinson had. It's the fight that so many other black players have had in history in baseball where uh, the, the, the tapestry in that sport is so great. And to see it right now with less than 8% of players who are black, uh, it's just a, a sad state of affairs in baseball knowing how rich that history is and how great that sport is and the fact that uh, that black players simply don't gravitate toward it the way that they used to. Jeff, outside of what you just said, uh, the Yankees and the Mets are supposed to take the field today. Uh, what should we expect? Should we expect them to take the field? Should we expect some sort of demonstration Jackie Robinson Day? Like, what is it that we should be looking for? You know, 10 games the last two days have been postponed. And I'm still stunned at that fact because baseball's the sport where three years ago, guys, one player, Bruce Maxwell, a rookie catcher, knelt during the national anthem. That was it. That was it for baseball. And the idea that just three years later, you've got as many teams as they have saying, we are not going to play, leads me to believe that there is the potential for more protests. There is the potential for games to be taken off. And the Yankees have not been one of those teams that have done that. The idea that it would happen on Jackie Robinson Day, though, I, I don't know how realistic that is. Uh, I suppose it's a possibility. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I got to be honest, I didn't think seven teams were going to take, or seven games were going to be postponed yesterday either. And so uh, it's tough in the moment to, to predict these sorts of things because, as we've seen, all it takes is one player. I mean, that's what happened with the Dodgers, guys. Mookie Betts said, I'm not playing. And Clayton Kershaw said, if you're not playing, then we're not playing. And when Mookie Betts, uh, presumably a future Hall of Famer, and Clayton Kershaw, unquestionably a future Hall of Famer, say we're not playing, they ain't playing. And, and the way that the Dodgers stood up around Mookie Betts, lifted him up, said, we are here to support you, we are here to be with you, I think was illustrative for the rest of the sport how other teams screwed up. Cubs didn't do that with Jason Hayward. Cardinals didn't do that with Dexter Fowler. Rockies didn't do that with Matt Kemp. You had seen similar situations the day before where individuals stayed out of games, but the teams didn't follow. Yesterday is the day where teams followed. Jeff, what the hell is going on with the Mets? <laughs> just, just go there for me. <laughs> just explain it to me. You're asking me to explain the inexplicable. You're asking me to look at a franchise that has historically been rotten, 
doing rotten things and, and trying to act like this is any different than what we've come to expect from them. And the way that the whole thing unfolded yesterday was just so, it was such an amazing collision of the New York Mets end of 2020. And when you put those two together, man, oh my goodness, it's too much for the world to understand and process and hold. And the whole thing is just going to go. Poof. And, and so uh, for anyone who didn't miss it and I'm, or who missed it, and I'm very sorry that you missed it, uh, a video of the Mets general manager, Brody Van Wagenen, uh, leaked uh, talking on a hot mic about Rob Manfred, the commissioner, and criticizing him uh, for suggesting that uh, the Mets don't cancel or postpone their game, just that they walk off the field for an hour and then come back an hour later and play it. Immediately, there was pushback from the commissioner's office. This is not true. This is not right. Brody Van Wagenen apologized. And then the owners of the New York Mets, Fred and Jeff Wilpon, absolutely ripped their sitting general manager in a statement where they misspelled his first name. Like twice. Oh. Like you, you, oh. would think you would have like the reason, like you would, you would be able to have the respect for someone to spell the na man's name right. No, 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 no. That's too much. Can't spell his name right. Zubin, your name is Z-O-O-B-I-N. That's the Jay, phonetics, your name right. is J-E-I. Keyshawn, I don't even want to try to screw up your name, man. Like they, I mean, they screwed this thing up so badly and I just sat there the whole time watching this slow moving train wreck unfold, <laughs> not with glee on my face, because honestly, guys, it took away from the moment of what happened on the field with the Mets, which actually was pretty damn powerful and was pretty cool to see with them walking off the field together with a Black Lives Matter shirt on home plate the day after Dominic Smith was so emotional talking about what it's like to be a black man in America in 2020. You got the beauty of what the Mets did here, you've got the horror of what the Mets did down here, and I'd like to think that the beauty is going to outweigh all the other secondary and tertiary stuff. Yeah. I hope they sell soon, buddy. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> Steve Cohen, are you out there listening? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, thank you, Major League Baseball. Or A-Rod, don't forget him. Oh, A-Rod, yes, and J-Lo also <laughs> in the mix. Trade deadline Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern. You'll be seeing Jeff on the radio and TV plenty here this weekend. That's baseball's best insider. Jeff Passing. You're a Mets fan, huh? Uh, no, I'm a Yankees fan. Oh, okay. I just thought close to the jersey or something. Or something. Uh, don't do that. I don't know. Mm -mm. I'm just asking. Mm -mm. Quick reminder, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin reminding you to listen to ESPN Audio at home via don't your smart speaker. <laughs> Check out ESPN Audio at home by telling Alexa to play news from ESPN. ESPN Audio at home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far extra a mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. And we are ready to ask Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst, anything, including what is the possibility of an NFL boycott? That's next. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, Z-O-O-B-I-N, on ESPN Radio and the app. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hey, here we go one more time. My man Greeny, weekdays from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN News, ESPN Radio. Have you noticed how our lives are running parallel to sports? We're starting to get back to our day-to-day in the same way that sports are coming back to their respective arenas. And now we're all getting back on the road again. The stops we make seem more special than before, like stopping to watch the game at our friend's place or stopping at our favorite spot to cheer every amazing shot, score, and win safely in social distance, of course. And between those stops, there's Shell. Stop in to fill up with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. It's the best fuel ever, and it'll help keep your engine running like new. Stop in to save with the Fuel Rewards program. Just download the app or go to fuelrewards.com to join, and you'll never pay full price for gas again. And finally, stop in to get snacks and essentials that can save you even more at the pump. That's just a few of the ways Shell helps you make the most of the stop you need to make. See full terms and conditions at fuelrewards.com. And engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. The NBA is back. Question of when exactly will it be back? Possibility, possibility of games today, although that seems very unlikely. But nothing's off the table if you've been in the bubble here and everything that's happened in the last 24, 48, 72 hours. Hey man, where's that mask at? Put that mask on. <laughs> Social distance, if you're watching on ESPN News, our Tim Bontemps, NBA insider, did say again, today unlikely, maybe tomorrow. Is there going to be a tomorrow for the Mets GM Brody Van Wagenen? Another embarrassing incident, apologizing Thursday night, saying he wrongly accused MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred of proposing a plan that would have had his Mets team stage a one-hour walkout during their scheduled home game against the Marlins. Thankfully, cooler heads prevailed. The players on both sides organically walked out black lives matter shirt on home plate 42 seconds of silence to honor jackie robinson his day is today and then after trashing manfred and apologizing van wagen and said actually the idea was my boss coo jeff wilpon and then the wilpon family went back at van wagen nothing amazing about this crew and the nhl has called games off last night and tonight in solidarity with other leagues protesting the recent police shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. Matthew Dumba, defenseman for the Minnesota Wild and on the Hockey Diversity Alliance to try to eradicate racism on the ice, will join us on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. That's coming up in 12 minutes here on ESPN Radio. Sports Center is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. 
Cover all your bases with Straight Talk Wireless. Get the same networks as big carriers, only pay up to 50% less. Get the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G for just 45 bucks a month. Only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. It's great to be joined on the Shell Pennzoil performance line by Marcus Spears. He is an ESPN National Football League analyst, and he joins us. Marcus, I want you to listen to this from our colleague Dan Graziano, NFL insider. He essentially is opining on the possibility that NFL players would join players from these other sports we've seen and boycott. Is it possible it happens? Here's Dan's report. I just think it's too soon to know that, you know, that there would be concrete plans for that, right? I mean, the, the teams that aren't practicing today practiced yesterday in large part, right? And the Lions, you know, having sat out Tuesday are, are back at work. So, you know, I, I think I think people are going to do what they think is best in, in the moment. And now, where are we going to be in two weeks? We talked about this on TV this morning, right? They're like, well, what's, what, the, the, the sad reality is that, you know, the issues that are at the root of these protests and these boycotts are not getting solved in the next two weeks. No doubt about it. It's probably going to be a long-term play. The NFL season begins September 10th. Chiefs, Texans. Okay, so Marcus, he laid it out there. You think we're going to get a protest? Do you think you're going to get a boycott? What do you think might happen? Uh, I don't think a boycott will happen in the NFL, and I think that leeway was, was given by when the NBA uh, players decided to put their lead back on. What I, you'll see demonstrations. I mean, obviously we expected that anyway. But I, I think it's, you know, I don't know if it's sadly or if it's hopefully some progress is being made, some things are trending forward. And uh, absolutely the statement that the Ravens put out was a great one, um, that these players feel like not only um, – the league is doing enough, but they're calling this to attention and actually putting plans in place to affect change on a government level. So um, I doubt it. I mean, just to be honest with you, I don't think the NFL players or a team will boycott um, a game. I think they'll continue their work. And, you know, Key and I was on yesterday and I talked about um, what what needed to happen was these owners needed to start speaking out and saying stuff and actually getting things done with their with their level of friends, their level of power, and the people that we know they have conversations with. Um, I think it's telling uh, each day that passes that you have a league that's predominantly African-American and the, the team owners and these guys are supposedly um, care – about what's going on um, or not doing anything or or at least not saying to the public these are the measures that we're taking to do it. I saw I saw uh, Steve Bashotti from the Ravens. He made a video um, after George Floyd, if I'm not mistaken, and now you have the Ravens um, with the latest statement that they put out. That That is that is exactly what needs that, – that is a plan. That is a – that is something that's tangible. That is something that can be worked on from a local, uh, state, and national government level. And I think it's important that, that these um, – because when it comes from the franchise, it comes from the owner. Um, but I would love to see them out front and center talking about the things that they are going to do personally to see uh, justice 
be served and to see things change in this country when it comes to police reform and the litany of things that have affected the African-American community. You know what, Marcus, I don't worry about the Baltimore Ravens because they have a rich history of trying to put themselves in a position with our communities and really understanding whether it was general manager Ozzie Newsom, even to the point where they tried to explore the opportunity for Colin Kaepernick several years ago. Uh, The teams Mm -hmm. that I worry about are teams like the New York Giants. And you look and see what Saquon Barkley said, and I'm sure you heard what he was saying about the possibility of doing something. In 2017, the Giants was very, very uh, bullish on – the kneeling down, what do you make mm-hmm. of what the Giants could potentially wind up doing given the fact that their star players is obviously thinking about something different? Yeah, well, I saw him and uh, Sterling Shepard uh, speak. Um, Key, you know what I said yesterday, man. Think the the – this, I don't know what you said yesterday. What you say yesterday? I was Marcus? about to say I don't remember I don't that was yesterday, yesterday, man. Yesterday. I need it fresh. <laughs> hey, man, I'm gonna give it to you if you give me a second. <laughs> um, the 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 burden that these guys are having to carry, um, as far as being in these positions, uh, having to make decisions that are not only have the potential to be historic, but also to them for them to take a hit personally in circles that they're going to have to thrive in. So when I li- when I looked at what Saquon said and when I looked at what Sterling said, first of all, it takes courage to even say, yeah, there's a possibility that that could happen. That's number one. The second thing is you you mentioned 2017, Key, and I think it's a, I think it's poignant. Like a lot of these a lot of these NFL owners have supported the old construct of the way this country is set up. And I know it's something that people don't want to talk about uh, as far as when we own sports platforms, but that's the reality. And the reality is, is it is it more important that you focus on, for the owners I'm talking about, is it more important that you focus on the players that are out there, the players that are on your teams, in your franchises, do you focus on their well-being or do you try to keep the status quo? And I think when players get to that point, when they don't feel not only the support of an organization but the support of the the, fig, the figurehead, the top of that organization, that's when you could potentially see boycotts. That's when you could potentially see guys starting to speak out um, in a major way and talk about things that they could potentially do. Now, like I said, I don't know if that is the way the players are going to go about it. But if they choose to, I could I could probably bet 100% that they don't – if they choose to boycott or if they choose to show demonstrations on a whole other level, I, could, I would bet the house that that is a part of boycotting and demonstrating a front office and an ownership group that is not supportive of the things that they're trying to get done. So – I, you could look. We all know, hypothetically, a lot of things can happen. But as well as I know, the NFL doesn't operate like the NBA. And I think you know we keep having these conversations about these leagues and what what they should do, what the things that should happen. NFL players don't have guaranteed contracts. NFL players don't have longevity of careers compared to what NBA and Major League Baseball players have. And the reality is 
majority of these NFL players are weighing their careers and barely hanging on in the NFL as opposed to um, disrupting the construct of what they're in because they already terrified about losing their jobs anyway. Well, Marcus, it's only a select few. If that's why you hear a lot of these uh, well-known players speaking out more so than guys that's just around the league. If that's the case, how important is it that we have guys like Ryan Tannehill speak up as well? It's vitally important. We've, we've talked about that, Jay Will. We've talked about how important Aaron Rodgers has also spoken up. Um, it's important for the faces of the league. It's important not only the, the quarterback position because that's the position that gets the visibility and notoriety. You look at Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson being a part of a video that was made about social injustice. You look at – now, if those guys decide, we talked about it uh, yesterday on NFL Live, if Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson come out the first game and decide they're not playing, you know what kind of waves that would send? It's different. Different voices are going to go into different attention, and they are going to make people act faster than other voices would. And the unfortunate part in the NFL is the separation between guys that can actually take those chances, not only financially but also career-wise, is so wide that you would have majority of that league afraid. Keyshawn knows this. In the NFL locker room, majority of your salary cap is made up of four to five players. That's something nobody ever talks about. So the risk of not only a three-year career being the, the average, the, the second part is a lot of these dudes going to be looking at their family situation and their paycheck and saying, do I really want to step out there and do that? And we know it takes sacrifice to get things done, especially when we're talking about things in this regard. But I think the level of player, the guys that are at the top, they give freedom and give voices to the lower-tier players that really are hanging on by a thread. And if they do it, I believe the whole league will come. Fascinating. Obviously, tenuous there at the bottom. Safety at the top. And we should mention the Ravens, who Marcus talked about at length this morning, have canceled practice and will instead hold a, quote, team unifying session surrounding social justice reform. That according to the team itself. Marcus, we'll see you on NFL Live. Have a great weekend. My guys, appreciate it, man. Thanks, see y'all we are going to talk hockey in two minutes and whether the league was a day late and a dollar short. But first, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Indeed. If the next step for your business is finding a high-impact hire, try Indeed. Their flexible payment options mean better bang for your buck with no long-term contracts. Indeed will even give you a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post at Indeed.com slash high-impact Terms and conditions apply. Marcus talked about this Ravens statement. Key, you were mm-hmm. extremely hot on it. The team put it out last night. It got an incredible amount of reaction on social media. I'm just going to read you parts of it real quick. Quote, this is from the Ravens. This is bigger than sports. Racism is embedded in the fabric of our nation's foundation and is a blemish in our country's history. If we are to change course and make our world a better place, we must face this problem head on and act now to enact positive change. It is time to accept accountability and acknowledge the ramifications of slavery and racial injustice. They went on to say they want the arrest and charging of the officers responsible for Breonna Taylor's killing and the shooting of Jacob Blake. They want Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky to bring the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2020 to the Senate floor to vote. They want to end qualified immunity, which is the term that sometimes protects police officers in these shootings. They want to encourage everyone in the political process by registering to vote. 
for November 3rd. They're demanding prison sentencing reform that is fair and equitable. All of this is coming from the official statement of an NFL team and encouraging every citizen to act with respect and compliance when engaging with the police. Lastly, we will use our platform to drive change now, not just for our generation, but for the generations that follow for our sons and daughters and for their children. This is not a Democrat or Republican statement key. This was done by one of the 32 teams in the ever so cautious play it conservative as possible National Football League. They did it the right way. They did it the right way. And that is huge. I mean, like you said, people are reacting to it very positively. Now, I'm sure that they're going to lose a few Raven fans. So what? And they know that they could care less. Okay, we'll have Matthew Dumba from the Minnesota Wild next on the crisis facing the NHL and if they're taking it seriously. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will Zubin brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's head right to the Shell Pennzoil performance line. We're going to bring in Matthew Dumbo of the Minnesota Wild also part of the Hockey Diversity Alliance, which I'll ask you about in just a second. But first, Matthew, the idea that they had three games Wednesday in the NHL, but none last night, none tonight, uh, in support of what's going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin. You've been extremely critical of the NHL, saying they've been late to the party on this. Is this the right thing to do, or are they just trying to cover for themselves? You know what? Um, initially, that's how, I, that's how I did feel. And uh, we came together as a group yesterday morning and you know talks for two three hours um the hda members our, our advisors or um guys who uh help with our marketing and, and we kind of advise a plan um to go to the nhl um and kind of give a list of requests or um what we wanted to see happen or what we thought was uh what was, was necessary and in the midst of that uh i think that's where people uh, get lost and lost in this is Actually, the players uh, came to us and, you know, being able to talk to those guys, um, you know, sitting down with the captains of teams, um, guys that, you know, you battle against, you may not know, but um, you played against for many years and have that respect amongst each other. 
you know, you said, in, I, I initially started talking to, you know, maybe three or four guys and then it grew to, you know, five or six and then it was 20 and then it was 40. And then we had full teams um, having talks together and um, knowing that, yeah, maybe, uh, yeah, we were a little late to the party, but um, we still want to make, um, we still want to make that difference and, and shed this light on this injustice and, me honestly, it, it felt it felt very genuine from the players, and this was a this was a completely player driven action. Um, it wasn't league mandated. Um, it was it was by the guys. So for them to step up and um, be the whitest uh, sport out of the four major sports here uh, in, in North America, um, I, th- I thought it was huge. You know, I, I didn't think I'd ever see something like this in hockey. So. Um, it, it is really um, historic. I, I was proud of the guys. So for all the criticism that comes with them, I think there needs to be a sense of grace um, because these guys now are taking the time to learn that we have meet, we have more.